Welcome back to another episode of Say Yes to Travel, where we've been talking to travel industry professionals from around the world on what things have been like over the past year, but more so, and I think more excitingly, what we can expect moving forward. And everybody's been able to bring all of their unique perspectives to uh, the industry at large now, but even more so what we can expect moving forward. And I'm really excited about today's uh, guest because we have Andrew Locke on, who is the founder and host of the Travel Pro Show. And when it comes to travel, it seems that Andrew knows a lot about a lot. So I'm really excited to dive into it. Always great to have, uh, you know, to uh, travel buffs talk about everything that we need to know about travel. So without further ado, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah. Good to be here. And uh, thanks for the invite. Always fun to talk about travel, right? Yeah, right. I, I think we're in a really good, we're in a good position because it's like, who doesn't like to talk about travel? That's so right. many people like to talk about travel. So um, well, what, I love what you're doing and, um, and the Travel Pro Show and everything and, and all the content that you're creating. Um, but why don't we go ahead and bring our listeners up to speed. So for an introduction, could you share a bit about your background? Um, yeah, just share a bit about your background. We'll start with that. Well, uh, as you can tell from the accent, I am from Salt Lake City. <laughs> oh my gosh, you'll be I, here all week. Um, <laughs> I'm... Uh, from across the pond originally and as a young lad oh excuse me um right from my first trip to bulgaria that was the first time i ever went on a plane strange place to go but that's a wow. whole different story um when i was i think about five or six years old i really uh was just captured by the travel bug and uh, knew that that's what i wanted to do more of and be involved with and uh, I started a little travel agency in my teens, uh, booking trips for friends and family. Uh, I took my first trip to the States in 1989 mm -hmm. and realized that that's where I wanted to uh, relocate to, which I, I did some years later. And um, from there, um, I was involved in a number of business ventures, but I sort of came full circle back to travel and uh, decided to start this show because I had seen that there was a lot of content on YouTube and so on. Um, and, you know, a lot of sort of vlogs and uh, of course, hundreds and hundreds of blogs about travel with articles, but um, uh, there was nothing that was really um, sort of a, a, a TV show style that was entertaining. Mm -hmm. And um, with my uh, background in video production and uh, working for the BBC, I felt like I could bring something uh, different to the table that was high quality. And so uh, that's why the Travel Pro Show was created. And so it's a fun weekly show for frequent flyers, business travelers, anyone who enjoys luxury travel. It's mm -hmm. a fast moving format we share. Uh, reviews, destination reports, tips on how to get um, more perks, upgrades, and VIP treatment when you travel. Who doesn't want that? Yeah, and um, it's it's just you know a, a fun format, really, with a lot of dry British humour. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm having a blast with it, you know. And so far, the feedback's been good, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, that's amazing. And by the way, I have to say with your, just you sharing a bit about your story, I was really impressed that it's like, okay, so the travel bug bit you at a young age. Okay. Yeah. But then 
did you actually say you started basically a travel agency yeah. like in your teens? Yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I didn't <sighs> know, but I managed to get by. I um managed to become um sort of an agent for consolidator flights. So I was able to get friends and family some really great deals uh, uh -huh. to the states. And actually I developed a relationship with um a courier company as well at Heathrow excuse me and um that enabled us to on occasion get flights to the states for just you know basically the cost of the taxes back then which was something like uh, um 50 or 60 dollars mm -hmm. um you just had to take a little like a fedex parcel or something with you and hand it in when you got to the gate the other end so that was amazing you know because yeah. i was able to uh travel many times for for next to nothing and yeah so it was uh it was sort of um in it thrown in at the deep end and uh, it was a good introduction to the world of travel and uh you know ever since i've been fascinated by travel and on a quest to discover new destinations as much as possible and uh, uh it's been wonderful yeah well i mean the, again it's like as we said so as we said at the beginning who doesn't love you know talking about travel so would want to hear a bit more you know this past year when we've seen it you know we're, we're both on the front lines of travel mm -hmm. so to speak in in different ways um but seeing how it's just been such a challenge for the industry um and being that so much as far as what you do is about travel what did you do differently last year um maybe because of not being able to travel so much or just watching yeah. the industry change so what, what sort of changes have you done um in the past year yeah it was it was definitely a pivot uh, for many of us um one sort of fairly unique situation that i had uh, which i'm very grateful for is that uh, i'm actually a dual citizen so um i'm i have a british and american passport mm -hmm. and uh, that unusually enabled me to travel both ways throughout the pandemic and um that in itself was quite a surreal experience because mm -hmm. i would say up until just very recently, even the last couple of weeks mm -hmm. uh, where I've been traveling back and forth, um, I'm starting to see an uptick, but basically for the last year, I would say at the most, there's been about 12 people on the international flights that I've taken. Some of the flights I've taken um, on United and Delta mm -hmm. and American, um, there's been more um, cabin crew than there have been passengers. Yeah. Um, so i've had a lot of time to talk to cabin crew and of course uh you know they they can't wait for people to to come back it's pretty boring um uh, working on a flight that has oh, so few passengers you know they prefer to be busy so yeah, i've had sort of frontline experience of of what's going on there and um as far as uh my own travels it's 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 been drastically reduced because apart from traveling back and forth between England and America, there's very few other places that actually I have been able to travel to. Mm -hmm. uh, I did a short trip to Malta, <clears throat> which required a COVID test and that was mm -hmm. great. Um, where else did I go? I've been to Sweden and Denmark a few times. Mm -hmm. um, again, both of those have required tests. In, for most of last year, they didn't, but mm -hmm. towards the end of last year when these variants started ah, yeah. gaining traction um a, a lot of countries in europe 
started to require tests from around mm -hmm. October, November. And um, interestingly, uh, one of the recent flights I went on to Denmark, I had to take a uh, test before the flight in the mm -hmm. three days, the usual thing, three days leading up to the flight. Um, but then when we arrived at the airport, and it was a pretty full flat plane, um, they made everybody take a test as soon as we'd got into the terminal. They sort of wow. took us all into an area and we had to undergo another test. And I, I said to one of the staff there supervising, I said, you know, I'm really intrigued why we're doing this since everybody on this flight had to have a test before the flight. Before, yeah. And um, they said, well, um, because of these variants, we are very concerned. And they said, actually, what we found is that on average, on every flight that comes in, and this is quite shocking, they said, we're finding between three and six people who are testing positive when we do this second test. So they said, sort of read into that what you will, but the, the suspicion was that, you know, that there are sort of people faking tests and which, which is a known thing, um, mm -hmm. you know, particularly because of the cost of them. Yeah. And that's, that's a whole other issue. I mean, that's, that is one of my pet peeves at the moment. For example, people coming back into England, not only are they required to take a test before they travel, but the government is also now requiring two PCR tests, which is the ones that are sent to a lab mm -hmm. on the second day after your return and the eighth day after your return. Oh, wow. And they're, they're only allowing you to order tests from certain providers. And the cost is between three and four hundred dollars. Yeah. So imagine a family, <clears throat> you know, family of four, or let's say, I mean, that's, you know, that's another six hundred dollars just on the test to go outbound and the test that they had to take to come inbound. Fortunately, those can be antigen tests, the rapid tests, but um, it's a major issue right now because, and, and of course this applies to some areas in the States too, like mm -hmm. Puerto Rico, Hawaii, mm -hmm. they're all requiring PCR tests and uh, those are expensive, you know, so it's, it's really, affecting who can travel right now and, and i have a problem with that you know it's um it's 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 you know definitely unfair and i think it'll be interesting to see where that goes in the future but of but right course. now it's, it's a challenge yeah well and it's interesting i mean you know thank you for bringing that up because well first of all um you know i i personally have been uh traveled both internationally as well as domestically over the past year and, and i completely understand what you're saying and i'm seeing it uh certainly from the lens of being within the united states how things have been traveling domestically pretty much free for all that sort of you right, know and, and right. even just yesterday in traveling seeing the volume of people was mind-blowing it's but amazing also, isn't it it is amazing. Where were you, incidentally? So I was flying from Los Angeles to Dallas. Mm, and um, I mean, we're talking about meg mega lines to, to kind of get through security. Yep. Yep. But, um, but also, you know, as you were mentioning that sort of international travel and these very near empty flights, and I've, you know, had the uh, chance for work to fly to Europe and mm. actually in the earlier part of this year and very much was 
one of those 12 people on the plane, yeah, so to yeah, speak. Yeah. And so seeing that and, and seeing kind of how, how we come out of it. But, um, but you know, you bring up a, a really interesting point in regards to the testing. We'd love to, uh, you know, kind of pick your brain and just hear your thoughts on this, um, you know, from the travel industry perspective. So um, vaccine passports, mm-hmm. there's a lot... I, I, there's a lot of talk about them, just even the notion of what a vaccine passport is. Um, what, what are your thoughts on them? How do you see that yeah. sort of like rolling out? Yeah, it's a really interesting topic. Um, I, I have elected to have the vaccine personally. I've had both of my doses. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at the same time, I, I do respect that it's a personal choice. And I'm also aware that um, there are people in certain categories um, who... Um, through various reasons should not have the vaccine. In fact, um, due to some allergies that I've, I have, I was advised not to have the vaccine, but it was too late. I'd already, I'd already had it. But um, that sort of made me aware that it's, it's more than a personal choice for many people. Some people Mm -hmm. are in situations that we may not even have any inkling about where they, shouldn't have the vaccine you know probably mm-hmm. pregnancy is another area as, a, as an obvious example but um so when it comes to vaccine passports um i'm okay with the concept and i understand that um there are benefits in it what i have a problem with is and this is said as someone who supports uh, vaccines overall the issue i have is that it's simply not fair to start dividing the population and preventing people from travel mm-hmm. um, if they haven't had a vaccine. So what I support personally is, and I have given this a lot of thought, is um, uh, having a situation where vaccines, um, have, having had a vaccine enables you to bypass um, having a COVID test Mm -hmm. Um, or um, having a vaccine enables you to um, bypass quarantine. Mm -hmm. And I think either, either of those options is fair. I'm, you know, I don't claim to have the medical knowledge. I'm only (laughs) speaking from the travel perspective and the limited knowledge I have of, of the topic from the medical perspective. But, and uh, I think it's very, very dangerous to get into a situation where people are prevented from travel just because they haven't had the vaccine. I, I yeah. don't support that at all. Well, it's interesting, you know, you bring, you bring up a good point and then we'll, I want, I want to talk about a couple of other things, but um, you know, I mean, again, it's like, I actually find that the notion of a vaccine passport and I'm saying it in quotes is almost very mm-hmm. sensationalized because mm-hmm. it, it, on the, from a surface level, it's like, oh, must have vaccine to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not necessarily how I foresee that it rolls out. It's not, it just, it's whether it's that sort of fast track. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You may don't, you, you maybe don't have to have, you know, a COVID test or you don't have to quarantine, but it's not going to say must have vaccine or no can travel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you just have to do different, different precautions. So I think that that's where people don't dig a little bit deeper because it's like, you yeah. know, it'll be fine. You know, it's just, it's kind of like, for you know for show the sort of thing right right i think i think there's a there's a lot of potential issues around it there's certainly a lot of issues for for fraud i mean the the yeah. little um card that i got for my um 
vaccine. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's, it's so nothing. easy yeah, to yeah. copy this. <laughs> it know. really is. It's it's nothing. Um, so I, <laughs> I have a challenge with that, and um, so you know the fraud aspect I think is is problematic, and also because there's so many because it's seen as an opportunity, as a profit center. Yeah. There's so many companies now that are jumping on the bandwagon to, to position themselves as the provider yeah. of uh, vaccine technology, or the vaccine passport technology. And so, you know, I think that one of the potential issues is going to be having some kind of um, agreed international format like for example yes. it's it's going to be such a hassle if some countries only accept things electronically some countries only accept the paper passport some countries only accept from certain um, technology providers if you mm -hmm. if we get into a situation where you know there's a bit like it is with the tests right now you've got five different types of tests yeah covid exactly. tests and Travelers are, are inc approved. incredibly confused about mm -hmm. that. And, and it's no wonder. Yeah, and, you know, these government, the governments aren't helping the situation because they they don't do a good job of explaining it. Yeah. So I think there's, there's, there are definitely concerns, but, you know, overall, of course, anything that can get travel moving, I exactly. greatly support. That's, you well, know, fundamentally, that's what <laughs> we need. I know. I agree with you. I agree with you. So I uh, want to just cover a couple quick things, like in a, in a quick uh, speed round, just to get yeah. like your quick thoughts on them. Um, where, and this is a little tricky, obviously you're based in the UK where, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm based in the US, so it, it might differ, but this is still interesting. Um, where are you seeing people going to now, both domestically and internationally? What do you kind of well, think? Uh, for Europeans, the, <clears throat> the big one is Portugal because they are, they've sort of become on the, the green list, as it were, which is yeah. really ironic because it was only about six weeks ago they were at the complete other end of the spectrum on I, what they call the red list. I was there so, in the middle of that. <laughs> yeah, it's done a complete 180, which is bizarre. Mm -hmm. um, other places that I hear a lot of people talking about are Croatia, mm -hmm. uh, particularly Dubrovnik, which is a beautiful city. Um, you know, it's like walking into a, the film set of Game of Thrones. Yes. Um, Iceland has opened up mm -hmm. for um, a, a number of categories of uh, travelers. And um, let's see what else. Those are the probably the two biggest ones that I'm seeing. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure this, yeah. 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 No, of, of course. And it, and it's interesting. I love that you're bringing that up because again, you know, same here in the, in the U S is that people are like really starting to get that, that itch. It's like, okay, we oh, know absolutely. that we've, we've been able to do the domestic thing and they'll continue. That will certainly yeah. continue yeah. to be a trend, um, you know, for various reasons, but um, certainly that, that bigger itch as far as uh, international travel and like mm -hmm. where, where can people go? Um, so what, um, I mean, you're all about kind of like travel tips and, and helping people <laughs> kind of like figure out how to kind of maximize their travel yeah. and everything. What are, you know, if, if what are some of your, um, favorite travel tips that you can mm, share yeah. with listeners right now. How long you got? Um, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, some, we'll quick, uh, a quick round there. <laughs> yeah, some recent recent ones that I've been sharing are, um, of course, uh, this concept of Carmageddon with car rentals being yeah. in short supply. It is yes. absolutely a real thing. It is. Um, I've been seeing rates about $900 a day in Hawaii, for example. Even mm -hmm. places like Los Angeles, Orlando, Vegas, mm -hmm. 
I've been seeing $200 a day, which is completely insane. And um, by the way, to clarify for those listening, mm-hmm. we're not talking about $200 a day for like, you know, a fancy car. We're talking oh, about no, $200 the most a day yeah. for a basic car. Yeah, yeah. It's, and this is because so many of the car rental companies sold off mm-hmm. a large percentage their of their fleet last year to, to get some cash flow. It's come back to bite them right now. But um, so what I have uh, been doing is um, using uh, Autoslash as a resource, autoslash.com, Costco Travel can sometimes give better rates. And even uh, renting, which I have done when I got desperate, a cargo van from U-Haul. Because no uh, for, for $20 a day, yes. it's not that different from driving an SUV. I mean, it doesn't look great, but it's, <laughs> it's a practical solution. Uh, $20 a day plus, I think, 60 it varies according to the location for mileage. Anyway, it's an option. Um, that's and then, a really smart option that I would not normally think yeah, of. But that's, it, that's, if you're in a bind. If you're in a bind, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you've got... Um, uh, Turo is another option, and um, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a few other uh, providers that sort of like the the Airbnb of of um, or, or Uber of car of, rentals. Of car rentals, exactly. Um, so there's a few options there, and then um, another tip on the car rentals is if you book a longer period than you actually need with the major car rental companies, especially if you have status with them. Um, if you, you'll get a lower rate because you're picking mm-hmm. more days. If you bring it back earlier, they won't penalize you. They'll just charge ah. you the actual time that you rented. That is so I've good. used, I've used that a few times too. That's a good, good tip. I, that's yes, a, you, thank you for that reminder. Yeah, if you need seven days, book 10 days. If you need three days, book five days, for example. And, um, that's worked really well. I book with Hertz and they always just charge me the actual time that I've used, even if I bring it back early. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I I get it. So, um, you know, before we wrap up any, any, you know, if we could say maybe, you know, two different travel predictions that you kind of see like, um, going forward, like business travel, will it come back? What What are luxury travelers looking at? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, uh, of course, overall, we're going to see a, a humongous explosion of leisure travel, mm-hmm. uh, both from the vacation standpoint and visiting friends and family, which people haven't been able to do. We're already seeing the beginnings of that. Like you say, the domestic airports in the States are very busy, noticeably yes. busy in the last uh, few weeks. <coughs> um, it's going to take a while for international to resume because people need more time to plan. There's still a lot of restrictions. And I think that as far as business challenge go, business travel goes, um, this pandemic has been an absolute um, devastation and a game changer. And I think it's, it's going to be years before we see uh, anywhere near the type of level of travel that we've seen in that space, because um, people, there's, there's been such radical adjustments uh, you know, for example, Amazon said that uh, just in the last quarter, mm-hmm. they saved a billion dollars on yes, travel. I remember and, that. And when you've saved a billion dollars of travel in a quarter, that makes you think like, well, we we did without it. Do we actually need it? <laughs> need it exactly. And of course, you know, there are some things that have been delayed that are essential. And, you know, there's there's certain 
roles that where it's irreplaceable. Um, and I think as trade shows open up, mm-hmm. that's going to stimulate a lot of travel for business yeah. because people do enjoy going to trade shows and they serve a very important purpose. But for now, you know, that's all stalled and, you know, mm-hmm. it's very, very early days still. So I think uh, certainly for the rest of this year, we're not going to see any um, noticeable you know, um, significant change in business travel. I yeah. do hope that it, that there's a big, um, improvement next year and yeah. I, I don't see why not, but I don't think it's going to be, not quite the not going to get back to it for, for years just exactly. because of these fundamental shifts that have happened in the way that people work, you know, and the fact that yeah. people aren't even going into offices. So, so there was yeah. a lot of people that would even commute via plane, um, to a, a city, maybe in executive positions and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And because they, they've adjusted to not doing that, and a lot of companies are getting rid of their offices even, um, mm-hmm. it's it's just a game changer, you know? Yeah, no, it definitely sad, is a sad game but changer. True. So. I know, I know. But um, but yeah, I do, I, you know, very much agree with the sentiments that you were saying, but um, I'm, I'm kind of optimistic, maybe at least like two, three years down the line, we'll kind of see yeah, a little bit of a bounce so. back there. So yeah. Well, this has been so lovely chatting with you and getting to hear a little bit of your insights. Certainly, you've got a unique perspective, um, being that you, you know, being in the UK and the US, mm. and seeing everything, and and certainly along, you know, with everything that you do with um, with your show as well too. So, uh, for those that are tuning in and want to find out no- more and connect with you, where can they go? Yeah, thanks very much. So it's travelproshow.com. And um, that's where you can find uh, all the latest episodes. Uh, there's a new episode every week. And uh, as I mentioned, we cover the whole gamut of uh, reviews, destination reports, and yeah. travel tips to, to get the most bang for your buck. So travelproshow.com. Perfect. Thank you. Well, really appreciate you taking the time today, Andrew. Uh, For everybody that is tuning in, we will have all the information here in the show notes. So be sure to check out Andrew, check out his show. And as always, thank you for joining us and continue to say yes to travel. Mm